DW Africa Link. Welcome to DW's Africa Link program for the latest news from Africa and the rest of the world. I'm Isaac Mugabe. And I'm Okeri Ngushinado. A very warm welcome from me too. Remember, you can contribute to the stories that we're going to cover by going to our Facebook page, DW Africa. That's right. Coming up, a day after Sierra Leonean President Ernest Bai Koroma is charged with treason, his lawyer says the charges are trumped up and set a dangerous precedent for the country. Is that the way you treat a statesman? Someone that has served this nation is out there making an image for this country for which we are all benefiting. What is this vendetta? Why do we go after our own good people? Interesting. And an analyst told DW that the former president should be tried despite calls from his lawyers saying his trial sets a dangerous president. To be honest, when we read that, most of us laughed because essentially what you're saying is that somebody is above the law because they are an ex-president. We'll be back for more details and much more after the world news in brief. DW News. Welcome to the news. My name is Jen Nyingi. Mourners in Beirut are holding a funeral for Hamas deputy leader who was killed in an explosion on Tuesday. Saleh Arouri was considered a key figure in the group considered a terrorist organization by several countries. He was its deputy political leader and a co-founder of its military wing. Lebanon's militant Hezbollah group blames Israel for Tuesday's assassination, although there has been no claim of responsibility. Israeli officials have previously said they would target Hamas leaders whenever they are. DW Middle East analyst Shani Rosanes with more. Israel is looking for that moment for that they can capture as, as a, the victory, to, to, to define as a victorious moment, you know, to counter all those horrific pictures from October 7th. And going for the heads of Hamas is one of these very, you know, easy targets to, to and to sort of achieve, especially when it comes to Lebanon, which is an easy uh, territory for Israel to reach, unlike Qatar, where the other uh, heads of Hamas are, or Turkey. There is a need to find Hamas leaders because it seems to be the only tangible um, goal that the Israeli army can actually deliver on right now. Iran is holding a day of mourning for the victims of twin blasts in the city of Karma on Wednesday. The death toll has now been revised to at least 84. The U.S. has denied carrying out that attack and said it has seen no evidence of involvement. Kasarabi is the Iran program lead at the Tony Blair Institute in London, and he gives his assessment of the attack and who might have been behind it. Well, regardless as to whether this is a so-called inside job or whether it was uh, ISIS, the outcome, the consequences actually suit the strategic objectives of the Islamic Republic of Iran in the sense that it's likely that the regime will blame ISIS. That will enable the IRGC to respond and to do so by their display of force aimed at other actors, namely Israel and the US, and to do so without drawing any retaliation. It also domestically has given the regime a pretext to further clamp down on the Iranian people. Kenyan President William Ruto has insisted that corruption is rampant within the judiciary, promising to deal with corrupt judges sabotaging his transformation agenda. Ruto, who was elected in 2022 on a pledge to ease the hardship 
of ordinary Kenyans has been on a campaign to slash public debt and wasteful government expenditure. Several tax schemes and a privatization plan introduced by the government under wide-ranging economic reforms have been held up by the courts after legal challenges last year. This news is coming to you from DW in Bonn, Germany. British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak says a general election is likely to take place in the second half of this year. His Conservative Party has fallen behind the polls with the opposition Labour Party well ahead. High inflation and the cost of living crisis are likely to dominate election campaign. And in some showbiz news, Hollywood actor Will Smith has made a surprise call to a Guinean man who cycled across Africa to get to university. Last year, Mamadou Bari captured the headlines over his epic 4,000 kilometers ride. In a video call to Cairo where Bari is studying. Smith told him he was deeply happy by his effort and gifted him a new bike and a laptop. For more news and information, head on to our website dw.com forward slash Africa. My name is Jen Nyinge. You are still listening to Africa Link and we are live in our studios here in Bonn, Germany. Once again, I'm Isaac Mugabe. And with Isaac is Okering Gushinado. A warm welcome to those following uh, the program on our Facebook page, DW Africa. I also see some of you streaming in. Hello to Chi Valentine, listening from South Africa. And Vicky's Connor, following from Cameroon and David Chamba. We welcome you all. Now, on to our top story. A day after Sierra Leone's ex-president Ernest Baikoroma was charged with four offences, including treason for his alleged role in a failed military attempt to the government in November, there are mixed feelings in the country. If charged, Baikoroma faces life in prison. DW's correspondent in the capital Freetown, Mutala Kamara, sent this report. The president of ECOWAS, Omar Touré, had earlier written to the government of Sierra Leone to drop the charges and allow Koroma to go into exile in Nigeria. But the request was turned down. Koroma's lawyer, Joseph Fitzgerald, said there is no sufficient evidence to charge his client. Incriminating has been pushed to him here to find ourselves in court. Is that fair? Is that the way you treat a statesman? Someone that has served this nation is out there making an image for this country for which we are all benefiting. What is this vendetta? Why do we go after our own good people to shred their reputation? I can tell you, if it were the case, that anybody that is involved in the school, or whatever name it is called, we deprecate it. We're against it. Nobody likes that. And including President Koma, is against that. And he will never be part of it. Never be part of it. Koma had been placed under house arrest two weeks ago as police carried out its investigation. His case has been adjourned to the January 17th. Andrew Lavalli of the Institute of Governance Reform, a think tank, said the charges against the former president are serious. The four count charges against former President Kuruma can at best be classified as the highest crime and misdemeanor in Sierra Leone. The treason, misprison of treason, and attempt to overthrow a government, these are very serious charges on the land. However, given the level of polarization, we have seen nervousness, we have seen uncertainty in the country. Lavali acknowledged ECOWAS' request to relocate the former president, but said the regional body must allow the rule of law to prevail. 
We have also noted the call by ECOWAS for former President Kuruma to be granted a dignified asylum in Nigeria. Considering the role ECOWAS played in promoting peace and security in the region, we saw, for example, over $2 billion spent on Sierra Leone and Liberia on the Sierra Leone war. We saw in 2023 the post-election stability the role ECOWAS played. So ECOWAS is definitely a serious ally and therefore should be treated seriously. So citizens call for accountability for a coup and the crime and the violence are way beyond ECOWAS. They are way beyond President Bill. They are way beyond his party. An analyst there ending that report by Mutala Kamara. And for those sending in your comments, we shall come to them a little later. But first, let's give you a little bit of background to this story. Well, November 26th, gunmen attacked a military barracks, a prison and other locations in Sierra Leone, freeing about 2,200 inmates and killing more than 20 people. The government said later that it was a foiled coup led mostly by former president Anis Bayekoroma's bodyguards. A day later, they summoned the ex-president for questioning at the start of December. For more analysis and background the story, I spoke to Ade Darami. He is a Sierra Leonean living in the diaspora. Regarding him being charged, it's quite interesting if you read the comments from Sierra Leoneans in various Sierra Leonean forums, Facebook, Twitter, uh, WhatsApp. People felt that because of his stature, he would not be charged. Uh, which seems uh, fairly ridiculous if the evidence points to him. However, there's been a kind of incredulity um, about him being charged or involved because, yes, even though he stood down as president because we have term limits in Sierra Leone and he could not stand, uh, he still kind of meddled in the affairs of his party, the All People's Congress, the APC, and I say meddled in the sense that um, he got them to pass a resolution where he sort of remained as the person, the only person who could choose the party's uh, flag bearer in presidential elections, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Even the people who formed the party never had that power. Um, and so, uh, yes, he still meddled in that sense, but people felt that he was, you know, busy going around the world as a kind of elder statesman. He was being called. Uh, he'd even come here to the Gambia as one of the sort of senior and, or, you know, former presidents or prime ministers who'd been invited to observe the Gambias on uh, presidential elections. And, you know, he reported that it had been free, it had been fair, and so on. And that kind of seemed to be the role he was assuming so even though they gave him this power in his party you know apart from that he seemed to kind of keep out of politics pretty much um although some people were quite annoyed that you know every time the party wanted to do something they would kind of defer to him or go and meet him at his base in mckinney fair enough his lawyer has said uh, that charging him sets a very bad president as an ex-president what do you make of his statement <laughs> To be honest, when we read that, most of us laughed because essentially what you're saying is that somebody is above the law because they are an ex-president. We've just seen the example in the United States of America where Donald Trump is facing a raft of charges. The fact that he is is an ex-president does not preclude him. And I think what they're playing on is the fact that uh, in certain parts of the country and amongst certain um, of the populace, he, he remains uh, or retains an, a, a certain amount of popularity. 
And what they're trying to do is kind of scare them off from charging him that, you know, uh, this is dangerous to charge somebody. But, you know, I'm not presuming he's guilty. But if the evidence points to somebody being involved, why would you not charge that person regardless of what standing they had formerly or, or, or presently? It's a ridiculous statement, I have to say. Mm. At the time of his indictment, uh, ECOWAS had requested that he be transferred to Abuja, a request that uh, Freetown turned down. Do you think at some stage they might relocate him to Abuja or the current administration says he should stand trial? I I think they want him to stand trial. And, and, you know, in the same way that his lawyers say it sets a dangerous precedent, it also sets the precedent that nobody remains above the law. If all the evidence points to an individual being the architect of a coup d'etat or a coup attempt, it will be bizarre, it will be ridiculous, it will be nonsensical if that person is not charged simply for the fact that that person is a former president. Whom do you then charge? Nobody or just the ones who carried it out? If the architect is shown to be a former president, then that former president must face the full force of the law. Nobody can be or should be above the law. That is all they are saying. Well, I was speaking to Ade Darami, and he ends that conversation with whether Koroma should be transferred to Abuja as requested by ECOWAS or not, or stand trial. And it's the very question that we shared with you on our Facebook page, DW Africa. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have some comments, don't we? Yeah, starting live on our Facebook page, Kiki Joe says, if he's guilty, he should be dealt with drastically. These African leaders are power, greedy, and corrupt. Yeah, well, at this stage, he has just been charged. He hasn't yet been found mm-hmm. guilty, but we are still monitoring this case because it has been adjourned to January the 17th, and our correspondent will be there to cover it. Ayuel Kate says this is a complex situation and there are various factors at play. One, on one hand, the Equus Commission is advocating for the rights of former President Koroma, who they believe has been unjustly charged with treason. They argue that he should be allowed to retain his full entitlements as a former president and be temporarily relocated to Nigeria for his safety. Mm-hmm. There's another comment here from Favor Chuku that says no former leader should leave his country after his tenure elapsed. He was there all through his tenure, so he should remain in the country he built, don't play. Uh, Mary Saline Chelsea says he should face the consequences of whatever he did in his own country. And uh, Favor Chuku says no former leader should leave. Their oh, country. Yes, that, that one I, I read. <laughs> yes, after his tenure elapsed. Yes. Yeah, he was there all through his tenure. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then Ta Asak says this so called ECOWAS is our problem. Whether or not he is involved, that should not be the way to handle it, but rather their concerns should be proper adjudication void of political interference by the executive branch. Thanks for your comments. You are listening to DW's Africa Link live from our studios here in Bonn, Germany. My name is Okerin Gushinado. And I'm Isaac Mugabe. Join us on our Facebook page, DW Africa, where the show is live. And we, are also, we also appreciate our listeners via our partner stations. Also remember that we are also on Spotify as well. Mm-hmm. So this show you can always find on Spotify. 
just click on the share button with your friends and family so that they can also benefit from the stories that we are covering. Yes, indeed. But we also still have more coming up in the next um, 15 minutes still to come. Some Zambians are raising concerns over more foreigners acquiring land in the country. Foreigners are coming with the big bucks, and the fact that they're coming with the big bucks, they're able to purchase these areas of these areas of land that everybody's crying for. Let's first head to DRC, where there is still more developing from the elections. Now, the announcement of the provincial results of the winners of the national, provincial, and municipal legislative elections in the DRC elections was initially scheduled for January the third. That is yesterday. But that has been postponed by the country's electoral commission, a decision which is being heavily criticised by civil society players. Well, for more on that postponement, our correspondent Zanem Zaid in Goma has the details. Legislative candidates and municipal councillors will have to wait a little longer to find out their fate following the December 20th elections. The Electoral Commission says it is continuing to compile votes throughout the DRC, an announcement that has not gone down well, with several society players in North Kivu, such as Lazar Muyango, who fears acts of corruption. We do not agree with the Electoral Commission's decision to postpone the proclamation of election results, as any postponement always leads to problems. We know that corruption is at its worst in the DRC, which is why we invite the Electoral Commission to announce its decision as soon as possible, so that the people can really know what happened at the ballot box. Since the announcement of the provisional results by the Electoral Commission, opposition candidates in the presidential election have been multiplying their statements of protests in an address to the Congolese people on Wednesday, Moise Katumbi called for legal resistance against what he described as electoral poaching. Since the electoral robbery of December 20th, of which we are all victims, we've been living through the repetitive abuse of our sovereignty. We are now entering a new phase in our quest for freedom. Through peaceful and democratic actions, we will resist and reclaim our most legitimate right that of defeating fraud and taking our destiny back into our own hands with the leaders of our choice. Avec le dirigeant de notre choix. Bienfemi Hugo, an observer of sociopolitical issues, finds a paradox in the many calls from opponents to rise up against Chisekedi's victory, believing that the vote gap published by Seni between the announced winner and the opposition candidates gives them no chance of being supported by the Congolese people. From the results published by Seni, we can clearly see that there is a considerable gap between the votes obtained by Katumbi and Felix Antoine Shisekedi. I encourage opponents not to call on the population in the streets so as not to expose them unnecessarily to various dangers. You have to be used to accepting failure. In life, we can win just as we can fail. Even if opposition protests are already taking place, the results of the presidential votes are still provisional, but the final count will be revealed when the DRC's constitutional court validates them on January 10th. 
Zanem Netzaidi in Goma to Zambia now where citizens continue to raise concerns about the rate at which foreigners are acquiring land. They claim that they, the foreigners, can obtain big chunks of the land at expense of citizens who often struggle to get it. Mm-hmm. At this rate, Isaac, the citizens fear that there will not be much land left for their descendants or future generations in the years to come. Many are also claiming that in other countries, owning land is also restricted only to citizens. Glory Mushinge analyzes this issue from the capital, Lusaka. The process of acquiring land in Zambia can be long, expensive, cumbersome and frustrating. One has to go through a lot of paperwork and offices as well as pay various administrative and service charges. It also involves long waits and frequent visits to the lands ministry in the capital, Lusaka, even for long-distance applicants and regardless of preferred location as the operations are not decentralized. As such, it is mostly the wealthy that can afford transport, administrative and other associated costs and processes who manage to obtain land, among them citizens of developed countries whose currencies have a higher purchasing power, as Lusaka business owner Stephen Banda observes. Foreigners are coming with the big bucks, and the fact that they're coming with the big bucks, they're able to purchase these areas of these areas of land that everybody's crying for, which is making real estate really expensive for the normal Zambian citizen, um, which is bringing about a little bit of a tussle between the Zambians and the foreigners who are buying this land. A person who comes with a briefcase of dollars is more welcome than a normal citizen who says they have traditional rights to land, Banda argues. He fears that citizens will lose access to some public areas in the future. That means that a lot of Zambian citizens will not have access to certain areas, certain areas like maybe hot springs, these small waterfalls or, or, or basic farming land. Patrick Musole, the executive director of Zambia Land Alliance, an NGO that promotes fair land policies, expresses similar sentiments and asserts that this is a serious matter that requires all well-meaning Zambians to get concerned about their land rights. The impact of having a lot of land in foreign hands is that current and future Zambian citizens will have no land and therefore will be condemned to poverty since land is the basis of livelihoods in Zambia. For upcoming Lusaka farmer Andrew Shifiri, losing land to foreigners in Zambia is synonymous with disempowerment. Our identity as Zambians is land. Our forefathers fought for independence in order for us to be free. Now if land is given to foreigners, again we are We are becoming slaves after obtaining independence. Foreigners sometimes want land for investment, and Mosole suggests that they partner with the local citizens so that investors contribute capital and Zambians contribute land, then have equal shares. That way, citizens will be protected and be able to benefit from their land and prosper. Remember that the land we have now is the only land Zambia will ever have, and so it needs to be planned and used sustainably for current and future needs. Zambian law allows anybody, regardless of nationality, to acquire land with a 99-year-long renewable lease. These commenters, like many Zambians, want that to change, such that foreigners should only rent land for a short period and with limited sizes. 
That is Gloria Mushinge bringing us that report from Zambia. Be sure to also let us know on our Facebook page, DW Africa, how the land uh, rights issues are in your country, if it's the same like Zambia, if it's hard to own land or whether it's mostly given to foreigners or if kind of uh, the local citizens can also have their fair share in this. Yes, indeed. Uh, we really want to re- hear from you. And like Okeri says, we will be happy to read your comments about land pressure, land rights and expropriation wherever you are. Mm-hmm. I still see you guys are commenting on Sierra Leone, but mm. let's go to showbiz for now. African music is making big headlines on the continent and also globally. It is easy for, I mean, someone to name any African artist from Burner Boy, Davido, to, I mean, any also South African artists, not only Nigerian, but is it the same for sculptures and artwork? I don't, I don't think so. Well, sculptors, I mean, the, because the time they take to come up with their products and they don't want normally the limelight, they always mm-hmm. cover themselves if they're making a product so that you just sit when they unveil it. Mm-hmm. That's why we, many people don't know so many sculptures. Anyway, but an admired Kenyan artist, Elkana Ongesa, is on a mission to put African art on display everywhere. He is Mubaji with this report. Elkana Ongeesa is Kenya's most lauded sculptor. Born into a family of craftsmen, he started making clay toys for himself as a toddler before learning to carve little animals out of waste stone shards. His talent took him to Makerere University in neighboring Uganda and onward to Canada's McGill University for graduate studies. He discovered artists whose work would influence his own, from the stone carvings produced by Inuit sculptors to the use of negative space by British icon Henry Moore. To me, art is a language of expression. To me, art is a means of conveying some feelings I have in my mind. And because of that, art makes it easier for me to say certain things that I wouldn't have said otherwise. Onge Esa has seen his gigantic stone creations displayed across the globe, but believes African art still deserves greater recognition at home and abroad. African art is very important, but it has not been supported well enough to give a chance to be enjoyed by many people in the world. African art at the moment is uh, depended on what support some artists and their art gets or get from other countries. His work, much of it inspired by nature, has been showcased at the UNESCO headquarters in Paris, the United Nations in New York, and respected galleries in cosmopolitan capitals. But it has still not attracted the very high prices assigned to artworks produced in the West, he said, with neither African nor foreign collectors willing to shell out for pieces from the continent. And that's not the only obstacle. Onge Esa says the Kenyan government does not give enough support to artists, recalling a 2014 fiasco that prevented his work from taking center stage at the Smithsonian Folklore Festival in Washington. But that hiccup is not stopping him from fighting for the recognition of African art. Besides the global display of his art, his sculptures are also displayed along Kisi's streets in his garden where he teaches stone carving to young artists and children, and in the museum he has built to host workshops and showcase African art. 
His impact on the community was evident at his last birthday, where his former students and artists paid tribute to their mentor. After ill health forced him to stop working for seven years, the grandfather of five is slowly picking up his tools again. You know, when you cut a stone and it turns out to be something and you look at it from a distance, you find that it is so beautiful. And uh, many of these pieces are carved to give certain internal expressions, feelings. He has already begun carving smaller sculptures because he is no longer able to stand for the long periods of time needed to make larger pieces. But he hopes and prays that his body will improve. Buba Jalo with that showbiz report on art. And now let's go back to some of the stories that we've been covering and you've been sending in your comments. Uh, well, one of it's about the ongoing uh, escalating or simmering tensions between Somalia, Ethiopia and Somaliland. There's a memorandum of understanding that was signed between Ethiopia and Somaliland that would allow Ethiopia access to the Red Sea port of Berbera. Somalia is livid, is angry, and says no inch of its land will ever be taken by a foreigner. The comments have been coming in. Mm -hmm. Let me start off with this one. Benjamin Ogugua says, Ethiopia went to war defending its territory against a region that wanted secession. They also fought with the Eritrea not long ago. This guy, meaning Abiy Ahmed, the prime minister, is in love with wars. Mm -hmm. We have your comment from Gato Jasper, who is from Uganda, that says, I really don't think what Ethiopia, the mother of the AU, is doing is right to its child. This is embarrassing. Ethiopia knows well the history between Somalia and Somaliland, and Somaliland has authentically been part of Somalia. Well, more of that story will come up tomorrow in the story of the week, hosted by your yours truly myself here another one very briefly is the south african national defense force has distanced itself from alarming statements made by a former commander that ramaposa should go perry tegami says the president ramaposa wasted all his energy in the middle east while south africans are facing lots of social and economic challenges mm -hmm. oda emmanuel says ramaposa has to go period Many thanks for those comments. I'll catch you again tomorrow for the story of the week. My name is Isaac Mugabe. And this has been Okeri Ngushinado. Until next time. DW. Made for Minds.